Hi, my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor Podcast. I created this platform to help you grow and move forward easier through your transition, whether in parenthood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 156, Green Healing Show, Treating Respiratory Illness Naturally with Don Ancient Master in Nutrition and Integrative Health and Massage Therapist. Are you struggling with breath and asthma? You are not alone because um, I, I have the same issue. And functional medicine really helped me to go through this. Also, a lot of holistic medicine. And here, I invited Don Enshin. And we're going to go through this together. Please stay with us till the end. We have a lot of great conversation together. Welcome to my show, Don. I'm very happy to have you here because the first time, I saw her. Uh, she was in a summit. She had amazing summit with amazing interviewees, and uh, she talked about uh, breath, asthma, uh, different natural remedies we can use for it. And I was because I was struggling with asthma, and uh, holistic medicine really helped me. Natural remedies like uh, and eliminating some foods, as you say, like dairy products, really helped me to overcome. It still is not completely recovered, but uh, I'm doing my best. Uh, so let's talk about it. If you have this problem, please stay with us because she is one of the best. Uh, she's not only a functional medicine. She, she was a massage therapist and she's doing it uh, as well right now and she's also nutritionist and uh, she also have a lot of certification beside her let's just introduce her uh, and uh, see what is her story behind these certifications Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Um, and I am, I'm really honored uh, that you caught my summit, that you enjoyed it, um, <clears throat> and that you took something away from it, because that was the, the whole point. You know, you mentioned that you suffer from asthma, and I do as well. Um, it's been about 20 years, 21 years since I was diagnosed. And, you know, in my summit, I explained that when I moved to Italy, the asthma got really severe and um, I'm still digging deeper to get to the bottom of what the situation is, but each year I get better. Um, and eventually I'll get back to the point where I might have an attack once every five or 10 years. Um, and, and my goal is never to have them again, but you know, it's asthma. Um, and so the thing was, is that I was really drawn to do the summit because of the fact that the respiratory issues I was having were so severe. And it was the first time in my life that I understood, even as being a person who suffers from asthma, that it could be really bad. Because I used to be like, you guys, like it's nothing. Like I didn't think it was a big deal, even though I had it. And then when I moved to Italy, it was so severe that I was continually getting hospitalized. 
um, I was nearly in respiratory alkalosis, which is really severe, um, having a uh, blood oxygen level of about 61%, which is really low. And so that was kind of like the, the passion behind it. Not only was I wanting to educate people what I had learned on my own, but I wanted to learn more. And I wanted to be able to share that with the world. And thankfully, like I did get to share it with a portion of the world. And I do hope to rerun another summit next year um, with some additional speakers and maybe re-interviewing some of the ones that I already did. So that's what led me into that. Um, as far as nutrition, so I've been a massage therapist for 15 years. And for nutrition, I've been doing this for almost 10. And my whole reason behind that was I had so many people in my family who had cancer. And my father died at 52. I was 28 years old. And I was like, man, like, what can I do? How can I teach somebody else that there's a way to prevent this? there's a way that, you know, we can live a better life and not drawing to nutrition because I knew that that would really have a powerful impact on people. So that's, that was my, my whole thing. Like I, I wasn't into going into the medicine route um, because more often than not, the medicine route is like, let's just give you medicine versus how can we focus on lifestyle and prevention and what can we do to make you well through food, supplements if necessary, exercise, sunlight, you know, those kinds of things. So those were really the things that were drawing me into it because, you know, we have one life and we have to make the best of it. And, and quality of life is huge. I see so many people, their quality of life towards the end of their days or even in their 60s, that's not even close to the end of their days, is really crappy. And who wants to be 60 or 65 and you can barely get around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I have so many questions because uh, we are uh, on the same boat. So let me ask you about the puff. First, first, before that, <laughs> when did you discover you had asthma? Because myself, I couldn't believe it. I never want to accept that I have asthma. I realized I have asthma when I was in uh, my master's degree in university and in another in, in Australia. And um, before that, I had no sign of asthma. I had always I had allergies, let's say, because uh, my doctor, I went to the doctor one day and he said, because you're swimming, I was a regular swimmer. Uh, so I, I guess the water was not really clean. So all the chlorine, everything affected my uh, lungs. But those days I didn't know. I just swim, swim, swim. And then, uh, but I always had this like allergies of cold and, you know. Uh, one day the doctor told me, you never get rid of it, right? And he gave me a lot of medication. I threw away all the medication. I got it first, but I threw it. I said, I'm not going to use this forever in my life. No way, right? So what happened, it's interesting. I did my nose surgery. And then um, what happened, um, the doctor told me you have some uh, deviation inside and uh, some sinus atrophy. And after that, 
I was okay for a while, for a while. When I went to university, uh, my master degree in Australia, another country, uh, I had I I did some diving, and inside the diving, I was uh, choking <laughs> because yeah, because the uh, the trainer in 18 meters below the water, the trainer just uh, remove remove my mask and i was like oh my goodness i forgot how to breathe you know and then it was so difficult that time i was like really scared i had a really pa- i was panicked because i said okay i'm gonna die i'm gonna die that's it that's the end of life <laughs> but it was not then i tried to remember okay nobody gonna help you if you don't remember it you have to remember how to put your mask on again and i did I did. I tried to remember all the training and then I just go back up and then I say, that's it. I'm not going to dive again. No way. <laughs> and that was starting my Osmo from there. Then when I talked to a homeopathy, uh, recently I'm talking to someone um, that he's, she's amazing. And then I realized Asthma is not only physical issue. It it get back to a lot of PTSD trauma, a lot of thing that you may have shocked in your life. So you have to recover from those. So hair approach is not just physical approach. You know, that's what I like about hair. So I like to to know about your story. When did you realize to have it, and what happened? Okay, so I went just before I turned 19 and I was in the army. And, um, you know, just being in the military, you're exposed to a lot of stuff that we're not exposed to as a civilian. And there was things that I was exposed to and it resulted in me having my first asthma attack. And I really didn't know that's what it was. I went to the emergency room because I couldn't breathe very well. And I was like, um, I can't really breathe. So I was like one of the, like, you know, when the emergency room is packed, but then they take you back. Like there's a hundred people before you, but they take you back. You're kind of in an emergent situation. And they're like, how long have you had asthma? And I was like, I, I don't have asthma. They're like, yes, you do. And I was like, no, I can't be in the army if I have asthma. And so basically they um, admitted me in the hospital. Um, I remember one of the things that they had me do was like the peak flow where you have to blow really hard into the little tube and the range goes up to like 800. And I blew like a night again and I, I blew the same thing. And I'm like, is that good? And they're like, you really should be blowing more like a six or 700. And I was like, oh, then this is not good. So um, that was my first experience. Prior to that, you know, just like you, I had had allergies. I also suffered from chronic bronchitis from, uh, I mean, as long as I can remember. Um, I think in my baby book, it says my first bout, I was two years old. So Every year I had had bronchitis at least once a year, but usually twice a year, typically around season change and severe. Like it's kind of scary in a time like COVID to have a chronic condition like bronchitis because people are like, she's got COVID and I don't. Um, It's just 
my cough. It's very guttural. It's kind of scary. And I'm just used to it, you know, 40 years into it. What do you do? Right. Um, But it's really interesting. I love how you mentioned the fact that your homeopath said that there is usually like an emotional or, or underlying thing that's not just physical. So from my experience, the physical part that I've understood is that there's a direct connection to gut health. And when the gut isn't where it optimally should be, then it can result in an issue with the lungs. And there's this, this direct connection with the lungs. If something's going in the lungs, it can affect the gut. And if something's going on in the gut, it can affect the lungs. So it's this synergistic thing, which is really cool. Um, if you have a respiratory condition, it's not. But, you know, <laughs> it is pretty, it's pretty cool the way the body works. But when you talk about PTSD, you know, I served in the military. And how many of us that have served do suffer from PTSD. And then there's, you know, in Chinese medicine, the lungs are where sadness and grief is stored. And so I remember how severe the asthma was when I first got to Italy um, in the first, you know, couple of years. And then I finally came home for the first time to the United States after two years and I could breathe. And I was like, it was that I felt this sadness, this, this deep rooted loss that I had left everything in the U S and nobody remembered me, my family, my friends forgot who I was. And it was, you know, like I was dead and it was, it was literally causing this manifestation of severe respiratory issues. So after that first visit, you know, I had this conversation with my husband, like, it would really be good, not just for my soul, but for my health to be able to go back to the U.S. to do what I love, doing massage and nutrition, work with my patients at home for so many months a year. He agreed. The doctors I work with here agreed. And so I come back to the U.S. um, usually three or four months every year. And that's one thing that has been really beneficial to improving the respiratory issues that I suffer from. Yeah, that was interesting. We have a lot of intersection, a <laughs> lot of things to share together. So let's uh, continue this talk. And uh, I just have like a few second break and come back. Okay. Please subscribe to Pantel Calhoun Transition Channel and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Thank you for watching. All right, so give me some solution. I know you know about the herbs, about the functional medicine, because I just started, like, uh, it's, I, I, I interviewed so many functional medicines, and uh, I also wrote a book with them. But uh, still, I'm learning. So this, mm-hmm. is, this is a very long road. <laughs> yeah. Especially for somebody who never had experience uh, or any health degrees before so for me um, just uh, trying to dig into everything uh, takes time so tell me uh, about your own recovery what uh, what did it help mm-hmm. uh, what did you do about it i know for you was god i never had got issue maybe i i don't know maybe i have because <laughs> i never uh, see the result for the god issue but i never had um for everybody um has another um, like source for you mm-hmm. issue. So tell me about that and uh, then uh, give, give us some solution how we can overcome 
this. So, so when I, well, for myself personally, um, I did my best, you know, I'm a human being no different than the next person. I might be a nutritionist, but it doesn't mean I'm not human. So initially I was like, okay, I'm going to try and eliminate dairy. I'm going to try and eliminate, well, I had already eliminated grains for five years before moving to Italy and try, you know, living in Italy and there's, you know, pizza everywhere. So that's <laughs> kind of a difficult thing to deal with pizza and pasta. Um, and then I always say the three Ps, the third one is profiteroles, which are like little beignets that are covered in chocolate and filled with cream. Um, and so I did my best uh, once I started to learn about the nutrition component to um, respiratory conditions to eliminate dairy. I actually was vegan, um, a grain-free vegan for about five years. And I did really well on that. Like I had zero respiratory issues until um, literally every um, everything that causes me to have an attack all happened at the same time. You know, somebody was cigarette smoking downstairs from my apartment. It was coming in my apartment every day. I was exposed to mold. I was exposed to really strong chemical smells. And for me, another um, really strong issue is when there's extreme fluctuations in weather. And that was where I had like my second asthma attack was I was stationed in Korea at the time. And one day it was 40 degrees, uh, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. The next day it was 80 and it was going back and forth for like a week. And I just, I ended up getting hospitalized because the extreme fluctuations, my, my respiratory system was like, what is going on? And so, um, about six or seven years ago, um, even though I had no dairy in my diet, I had no grains in my diet, you know, I was on a great supplement plan. I mean, I'm not big on making people take supplements, but I knew what I was missing being a vegan. And so, um, unfortunately though, that wasn't enough to prevent the main causing factors of the asthma for me to not prevent an attack. So I had an attack, I got hospitalized and that was even with doing what I consider everything right. Um, and so then I moved to Italy and it wasn't into, you know, of course I'm in Italy, I got to have pizza. <laughs> um, and so I reintroduced foods that I hadn't had for five years, um, even after I was having some issues. So when the respiratory issues got worse, I, I, I eliminated the dairy again. I went to anything like if I was going to have ice cream, it was almond based or rice based or I'm not huge on soy, but sometimes I would get soy based. Um, I eliminated gluten containing foods. And then more recently, back in December, I did um, a Cyrex laboratory analysis, um, four of their different arrays. And one of them was for foods that are causing an inflammatory response in your body. And I had 41 foods. And typically that would indicate that there's some intestinal permeability. So, okay, we're like, there's intestinal permeability. But my genes were saying, you can't take glutamine and glutamate, which also means no bone broth. And you're like, what? So I'm like, what do I do? So I just eliminated the foods that it said to, and I started to notice a significant difference in my respiratory health. And dairy wasn't even on that list, which was very surprising, but wheat was, rice, coconut, avocado, carrots, zucchini, squash, pumpkin, like things that I ate on a continual basis. I didn't eat wheat, but I was eating like the alter my alternatives to wheat were rice flour and coconut flour. Well, now I had to eliminate those too. 
And so that was a really powerful thing for me to see. Like, I know food has a power effect, a powerful effect on our bodies, but who would have thought things like carrots and zucchini and squash would be something that was inflammation producing in your body when they're good foods. So at certain times they can still cause a problem. And so I loved that test. Um, that is their array 10 is what they call it. And um, I'm actually getting ready to do a different company's um, analysis on food to see like what is their take on it. And just before we started, I mentioned to you that they require that you reintroduce wheat. And it has affected my respiratory system because I have reintroduced wheat for the last week. And I'm like, can I just hurry up and get this test? I need it to come in the mail so I can stop eating wheat again. Um, and that seems to be actually a bigger trigger for me than dairy, um, at least dairy in Italy, not dairy here. I avoid dairy in the United States completely. Um, as soon as I eat dairy, I am completely, even if it didn't affect my respiratory, my lungs, I'm completely congested. I cannot breathe out of my nose. I'm constantly like, um, trying to blow my nose or I'm very swollen. So it feels like I need to blow my nose. So I avoid dairy in the U S. Um, but Italy, the, the quality of it is so different and I don't have the same reaction to it. So, um, that's the biggest thing that, that I did personally was look at my diet. And right now is where I'm starting to look at my actual gut um, and, you know, getting ready to do a GI map, which what I have my patients do is they have to, they, they keep a journal. And in this journal, they, they track their bowel movements, they track their food. And a lot of people are like, oh, my bowel movements are great. I don't have any issues with them. Um, they're normal. And they start tracking it and they're like, maybe my bowel movements aren't so normal. And that's when I'll recommend to do the GI map. I'm not the kind of practitioner that straight off the beginning, you're going to do five different functional medicine tests. I want to look at just your basic blood work. If your medical doctor didn't do everything that I would recommend, then uh, because I'm very fortunate at the practice that I work in in the United States, I'm, through them, I'm able to request the labs that I would like to see. And I can determine a lot from that alone. Then um, with them keeping their journal, if I see that there's some inconsistencies with bowel movements or maybe acid reflux or something like that, then we go into doing that GI map test. And um, I just had somebody come back and like their H. pylori is through the roof. Um, they've got a lot of inflammation. Um, and so I'm like, okay, we get to start with H. pylori and then we get to see what else is going on in your system. And so I'm often also wondering like, is there a correlation between having H. pylori and, and this is a new thought to me, having H. pylori and suffering from respiratory issues, because that's the beginning. Excuse you know, me, I interrupt. Can you no, explain what is, uh, what is this term for us? H. pylori? Yes, yes. Because um, So H. pylori is um, a bacteria and it's naturally in our um, stomach actually in the stomach, but it normally is maintained at a very low level or almost non-existent because we have stomach acid that is sufficient that doesn't allow it to grow. Um, if stomach acid gets too low, then H. pylori can proliferate. Doesn't mean it will, but it can. And so oftentimes when people have like ulcers um, or maybe even the acid reflux, H. pylori sometimes has zero symptoms, but H. pylori is 
oftentimes the reason that people have those issues, not because they have high stomach acid. Um, and so what you, one of the first things that I've learned that you want to do when someone has an H. pylori infection is either test their adrenals or if you're like, I don't want to run this other functional test on you, then be like, okay, what are we going to do to manage your stress? Because we need to manage that stress first, get those adrenals functioning well, and then you go through an H. pylori protocol. Um, the other thing that quite often um, I will do, unless this is like a really close friend or family member, I'm like, okay, go to your doctor and get them to do the H. pylori test. Because you also want that, that confirmation from your medical doctor. And sometimes you absolutely need antibiotics. And they're going to have to have the test because I can't, I can't uh, recommend, I can recommend a specific one, but I can't give a prescription for one. So basically I'm like, go to your doctor, get the test. If it tests positive, take whatever antibiotic your doctor recommends. Um, or if you want to try a holistic route, it'll take a little bit longer, but there are different herbs and things that we can do that will help to kill the H. pylori. And then after that, we're going to retest in about six months and make sure that everything, four to six months, and make sure that everything has been eradicated. And then we're able to go from there on additional treatments. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you, uh, medical, um, like um, conventional medicine and holistic medicine should work together. Uh, so absolutely. You not eliminate any of this because, in my own fertility journey, I also understand that the acupuncture really helped me. But again, you need to work with both medical and like holistic medicine. The only um, difference is you have to fill this gap mm -hmm. because you may have some disconnection between your mind and body. Yes. Um, I'm actually studying another course called for the bone therapy and um, educating this. And I see uh, you have to listen to your body yes like what you have is not is not just because we some of some, sometimes we don't know what are we like still there are lots of layers that is not um is not heard by us so there are lots of process you have to go through this uh, analyze it with yourself Mm -hmm. go through all your traumas all your um affirmation that you uh, get you give to yourself or whatever uh, you, you have that you said you think that you are not good enough or you are trying to find something uh for yourself to um uh, to be accepted, you know, there are lots of layers. And sometimes totally. I found it's not easy to talk about these problems, even with your herbalist, yeah. <laughs> with your PTSD, uh, conventional PTSD therapist. So these are not easy roles. Sometimes you have to talk about this with yourself first, analyze your body, listen to your body, see what are the requirements, what is, mm -hmm. let's say for myself, I was really sensitive to tomato. If even before my doctor said, like my acupuncture said, don't consume tomato. I, I had it because I thought it's good for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As you said, maybe pumpkin 
is a good source of uh, vitamins and give you a lot of good thing but is not really good for everybody so if you listen to your body you have to um, discover so many things in you and it's not something that somebody else can tell you yeah. so yeah i i can see you can find a lot of healing opportunities just by uh, listening to what is there and uh, sometimes um, just uh, finding your uh, traumas, childhood traumas, or emotional problems, mm -hmm. or a lot of situation hidden in you uh, that for years, right? Yeah. And open up to whatever uh, it is for healing opportunity and surround yourself to healing power that can help. Yeah, it's so important. Um, and that's the, one of the things about your functional medicine is that we look at the body as a whole. We use a whole body approach and a whole food approach. And if we don't just break down the body into, oh, I need to focus on the digestive system. Because the other thing is, is that I will ask somebody, have you suffered a loss or do you have any grief that you have not basically dealt with? That there is something that's still harbored inside of you that you get to release, you get to let it go, because that's the way you get to be healthy. And how you mentioned like listening to your body, sometimes your body is screaming at you, and you can't even hear it because you've spent so much of your life ignoring what your body has to say to you, that it's like, like, what is it saying to me? Like, I don't know what it's talking about. And you just ignore it and ignore it. It's like when somebody comes into the chiropractor and they're like, oh my God, my back has been killing me. And you start working on their back because that's their main complaint. It's inflamed, it's in spasm. And then they're like, man, now my knee really hurts. And you start moving to that area. And they're like, now my ankle really hurts. And you're like, because you ignored the first sign of your body saying, I'm hurt and I need support. And it's no different than the respiratory system. It's it's like I could tell the difference in my respiratory health the day that I started eating wheat while I was in the United States when I hadn't eaten it for eight months. I like I literally could feel the difference. And it was just like when I had my first asthma attack, it was kind of like sandpaper each time I would breathe. And so this is like maybe one day I'll be able to have wheat again, but there are so many alternatives to it. What difference does it make, right? So I love, love, love that you mentioned listening to your body and then looking at it from a whole perspective. And your functional doctor or nutritionist or whoever your practitioners are, that they work together with your regular primary care because that's so important that there is this big disconnect. And there are times when I have medical doctors like, oh, you're just a nutritionist. And I'm like, if that's how you want to refer to me, sure. But like, I have a lot of knowledge in this head of mine. And I know there's a lot of people who have more. Um, but I don't think that anybody should be discounted based off of what degree they have. Um, there's a lot of people who do a lot of research, just like you're doing for yourself. You've learned a lot. Are you a specialist in this? No, but it doesn't mean that you aren't able to support somebody or yourself who has the same issue. Founder of uh, functional medicine doesn't have a PhD degree and mm. he is still save a lot of people's life. So after I've seen him and I had this 
few interviews with him, I just realized. And through experience, you learn a lot. And the knowledge, of course, knowledge through experience you gain. And especially, let's say, um, um, I'm doing the fertility coaching. I'm not a medical doctor, right? But because I had this journey myself, people trusted me to be my client because I can help them go through this journey easier, right? So yeah, that's that's all about the experience and we are human. We can help each other, support each other through those journeys that we've been there. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I agree with you. And I think that's one of the biggest things is that you can empathize with another human being. I've been there and this is what I've done to get better. Now, am I 100% yet? No, I'm still on my journey to get there. But that doesn't mean that that discounts what I've already been through and how bad I was before and to where I am now. Exactly. So I can see your website here, need to needtotalwellness.com. Yes, ma'am. And yeah, and you have the Facebook and Instagram page. So tell me about your website. What do you have there? How people can reach you? Okay, so um, because part of the time I am in Italy, um, I just the easiest way is through email. And on the website, there are there are two ways. One is you can use the connection box or you can email directly. And then I do also offer a um, free 30 minute discovery session. Um, and on there, it has a banner for that. I, I need to update the banner because it says 20 minutes, but it's a 30 minute session. Um, and that's to determine, am I the practitioner for the person that's reaching out to me? Um, if you have uh, significant issues in something else besides respiratory or digestive health, I may not be the practitioner for you. I have worked with diabetes, hypertension, and cholesterol issues um, in the past, so I can definitely work with those uh, people as well. But if you're looking for someone who knows how to work nutritionally with cancer, I'm not the person for you. Like I have the recommendation for you, but I'm not the person for you. If you have like severe hormonal dysregulation, I'm not the person for you, but I have the person that is. So it's like, those are that that's why I do the discovery session is to determine like, am I the person for you? Um, I am also on Instagram um, at need total wellness, K N E A D. So it's a play on words because I am a massage therapist and a nutritionist. And I need with my hands. Um, and my business used to be um, need a massage. And then when I got my master's, I changed it to need total wellness. Um, and then on Facebook, it is my personal page. I do have a need total wellness Facebook page. Um, but with the personal page, I feel like I have much more interaction with people. And so people can friend request me and say, hey, I saw you on this show. Like, like I'd love to, you know, pick your brain or whatever. And that works for me. So, yeah. That's how I found you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed. And um, hopefully people who have this problem can come to you and consult with you. And uh, they can actually reduce uh, all the severe symptoms that they have. Thank you. That that would be a goal of mine is if I help one person reduce and not have the issues that I suffered from or potentially that you suffered from, um, I'd be a happy person. So, yeah. 
Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks. Though.